Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today, my guest is Jen Snowden, who you may know from Southern Charm. You also may know her beautiful story about her son, Asher, and soon to open a store on East Bay called James Asher. So Jen, welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, so let's just start with everyone's, you know, how, how a lot of people know. I know you as a friend, <laughs> but how a lot of people know you from Southern Charm. So how does that like, how does that happen? Do they come to you? Yeah, sometimes. Actually, they recognize Asher um, typically before they recognize me, and they'll come up and ask to take a picture, just say, I'm so glad your son's doing well. And um, and Asher's sort of grown up with that, so he loves it. He um, tells people he's famous. He is famous. <laughs> he is famous. Well, so let's can we jump into his story a little bit? Because I think it's such a it's such a beautiful story. Sure. Um, well, it's a long story, but the Cliff's notes are he was diagnosed with an encephalocele at um, 10 weeks when I was pregnant, 10 weeks. And um, I was at one of those 4D baby places where you can see your child um, like up close or whatever. So not at a typical um, doctor's appointment. And um, because the HIPAA laws, she saw it, the lady who owns the company, and um, she had formerly been a nurse at MUSC in the same department that I was soon to be headed to and called my doctor immediately when I left and it just so happened I had an appointment the next day with him and I went alone because I wasn't supposed to have a um, ultrasound that day and he was crying and he told <gasps> me, um, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I've never had a child that was diagnosed with this in utero. Um, I've made you an appointment at MUSC and you need to go there now. So... That was a lot of process. And, we and I was like, well, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and, and he said, well, it's called an encephalocele, and I don't know anything about it really, or um, I can't really answer any of your questions. So I did immediately what everyone does is hop in the car, get on Google. Well, that was scary as shit because mm-hmm. um, all you could find on Google were the stories of, you know, I make light, but basically like 10-headed babies and, you know, circus kind of stories. There weren't. Any stories of um, children that, you know, dealt with it, battled with it, and um, good outcomes. So um, I went to MESC the following day, and um, and the doctors there, believe it or not, um, actually encouraged me from that point until the last legal day that I was allowed to, to terminate the pregnancy. And... Um, that was pretty stressful because it also put a lot of pressure on me from my family because they didn't really want to deal with what life would look like if my child was disabled. Mm-hmm. They told me hard stories of, um, you know, your your experience in motherhood will not look like your friends. You'll, your child will never be able to express emotion, see, talk, walk. Um, you'll have to likely have 24-hour nursing care, on and on and on. But all I could hear was, or I wanted to hear, was any little glimmer of hope from anybody. And I didn't get that um, at all until a friend of mine, Cassie, suggested that I speak to Jersey Cahill. We love him. Yeah, such a great guy. He's my neighbor. So he immediately, as he does with everything, hops right on on the bus um, and says, I'm going to set you up with an appointment with Ramin Eskandari, who um, is a neurosurgeon um, at MUSC. And what I found odd is, because I come from a family of 
medicine. My mom has a, a medical research company. And it had never occurred to us to have a second opinion. So that alone was just shocking to me that they would, you know, suggest that you terminate your pregnancy before even speaking to um, a specialist that would handle a baby that was brought to term with that condition. So fast forward, um, we meet with Dr. Eskandari, and he is literally a walking angel on this earth. And I saw in his eyes the first sign of hope um, from anybody, and he said, I, I think that I can fix your baby. Yeah. And, um, and then that's all I needed to hear, you know, going yeah. forward. So uh, the, those termination papers I ripped up, but I still have them <laughs> all pieced back together, taped <laughs> up in Asher's baby book, because I don't ever want to forget um, the impact that, you know, those papers being shoved at you and shoved at you all the time um, had. So um, my family, it took them a minute to get on board with my decision, and um, but I don't hear the word no very well. And <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, he was born, and when the day he was born, he had to go into brain surgery on unplanned four hours after his birth because his you could see his brain. Mm. He was born with Dora that was only a millimeter thick. So if he had knocked anything, a utensil or anything in the C-section when coming out, he would be brain dead. So all these miracles um, of how he got here just don't uh, weigh lightly. On my heart. Um, And he just had, he's five and a half now. Um, And he, not only does he walk, talk, express emotion, but he knows bigger words than some of my friends. And and also he has a photographic memory. And none of that shit that they said um, was my destiny is any part of our day-to-day life. Um, And he feels that too in his very existence. Um, And it shines through him. And, and also it's changed my whole family and myself, obviously. But it's just been um, a wonderful experience. He's had his final surgery this past summer, and they had to um, peel back all the skin on his head and, uh, and do a big bone graft across the open part of his skull. And so he got through that, and now he's starting to learn what it means to be a normal kid. And by a normal kid, I mean get in the jump castles at y'all's house yeah. and on the trampoline and crap like that he's never been able to do. So it's like he's finding his, I don't know, his own little identity in a in a way without having to hear me go, watch your head, watch your head. Yeah, totally. So I mean, I can imagine that be like scary a as a mom, you know, clearly, because we're all terrified of our kids. Yeah. And he is, he's such a like, and I don't, I don't, the word normal isn't what I mean, but I mean, he's like right up there with the rest of the kids doing everything. Yeah. So like, because what you're speaking to, I know when I was pregnant with, well, not with Grace, but when I was pregnant with the twins, they told me Van had a single kidney or he does have a single kidney. And that was like, that could have meant a host of problems. And then, so I had to go into MUSC to have an ultrasound and they were like, well, he has what's called like a super kidney. So he has like a, like one really big kidney. (laughs) (laughs) And, but they were like, but your daughter, she has interuterine growth restriction and like, she's not getting enough blood flow. And like, it was like, they were like, you need to make sure you check your kit counts. And I'm like, there's four freaking feet in there, you know? And so it's super stressful. Mm -hmm. And so I know you had a high stress pregnancy as well. Like what, and it happens all the time. And I think sometimes there's too much information, yeah. Um, in my case, it was none. 
And and I don't know what's worse, you know. It's yeah. kind of like, would you rather know you're going to die tomorrow or just die tomorrow? I don't I don't know. More information, less information. Yeah. But the reason why I share my story so much is because I want when moms go to or dads go to Google, you know, this condition is selfless ill, that they find my story of hope. So that's mm-hmm. why I keep talking about it and talking about it because it really, when I think back on if I had gone through with that termination, I probably wouldn't be here today. Yeah. I just don't know what, I don't think I would have been able to live with that. And, and honestly, my hairdresser at the time was the one, she's a devout Catholic and she proposed to me, she said, you know, you don't have to terminate your pregnancy, Jennifer. And it had not occurred to me really that I had a choice because so many people with so many big degrees were telling me what I needed to do. I'd forgotten that I had the choice, you know, and she said, it just comes down to what can you live with? Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that. And, and I realized like, yeah, you're damn right. I will never be able to live with that. I'm going to give it a shot, a shot, Mm -hmm. you know, and see what happens. And I'm so damn glad I did. Absolutely. Yes. He's (laughs) precious. But I think like your story does speak to so many people as well, because I think there's so many people like that are told things or like moms that like sit there and stress the whole time about their pregnancy. Today's episode is brought to you by Plastic Surgery of the Carolinas. Say hello to the SkinPen microneedling device. This non-surgical solution is highly popular for reducing signs of aging, enlarged pores, uneven skin tone and texture, and diminishing acne scars. The SkinPen creates tiny micro injuries that stimulates the body's natural healing process, promoting the production of collagen and elastin. In addition, your very own platelet-rich plasma, or otherwise known as PRP, is infused and applied to the skin. PRP contains high concentration of platelets, stem cells, and growth factors, and penetrates your skin through the tiny channels the microneedles create. The PRP supercharges the benefits from microneedling and addresses under-eye puffiness and dark circles to give you a more youthful, well-rested appearance with little to no downtime. Plastic Surgery of the Carolinas is a premier plastic surgeon's office and med spa located on Long Point Road in Mount Pleasant. Achieve more youthful skin that looks and feels healthier by getting a skin pen with PRP treatment today. While they are offering a limited time only treatment pricing for just $350, that's 50% off. To schedule or inquire about this promotion, please call their office at 843-881-3881 and always mention the works. My takeaway from from my experience was that don't ever accept no, you know, always hope is a, is a huge driver. Faith is a huge driver in positive outcomes. And I I truly believe that what you manifest in yourself and what you pray for and what you believe in, um, truly can change the course, you know, of your health and whatnot. And for instance, like I mentioned, my mom has a medical research company. So, we, she monitors clinical trials for drugs being passed through the FDA, and I worked for her for over 10 years. And in reading those patient summaries, the one thing that always stood out, talking about you're, you're always meant to be where you are and experience the things that you do because those experiences carry with you into future experiences. So with me, I remembered having reading those patient summaries that this, the patients that lived the longest, they may have had a larger disease progression, But the ones that lived the longest had faith, family, friends, and a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. And that that in science we call the X factor. Christians call it the God factor. Right. Um, But there is an unexplained truth to that. And so I just, 
I mean, I prayed every single day, like all day long. And I just didn't, I didn't accept that he was going to have an issue. I, I blocked that from my whole psyche. And I believe that that helps. Yeah. And I would just encourage anybody, um, you know, to do the same when you're facing adversity um, with your health. Yeah. Really anything. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I guess it's like your energy. All you have is like a certain amount of energy. So if it's low, it's just going to be low everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you have the power within you to change so many things, and I don't think that a lot of people realize that. Yeah. Um, acceptance of doom is, I mean, just that. Yeah. What do you have to lose when you're positive? Yeah. You know, other than just pissing people off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it's true. Like I've been going through something on my own, and it's like. Some days I'm like, okay, we're going to have a great day. And then as soon as I let myself go in the shitter, I'm like, well, yeah. fuck, my day's over. Yes, when you open, that's another thing too. Like when you open that window, whether it be of sadness, of regret, hurt, despair, worry, it's very, very hard to shut it. Not to say that you shouldn't filter or process all of your emotions, but I really do believe in, you know, let them peek through the window, but don't let them come through the whole damn door, the windows, yeah. you know, because it permeates your life. Yeah. And then, you know, you do things... Because of that negative energy that you wouldn't have done before if it weren't weren't around. It's true. Yeah. You sound like a marriage therapist. <laughs> oh, God. <no. laughs> a counselor. All right. So you got married this year. Yep. We got married in the Bahamas in January. Yep. And it was a lot of fun. Um, we had to recover for about a week. Yeah. I had a blister that lasted a month. But yeah, it was a blast. And Asher was the best man. And that was really special. Um, he cried the whole time, which was an unexpected Big emotion. Like, um, like tears come, of happiness. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's I such mean, an angel. And he said like all these crazy things he never said to us Wait, before. Wait, Jen told like, me, I think that we thought he said something maybe when you walked down the aisle or maybe he was holding both your hands or something during yeah. the service. Yeah, he did. And he, um, yeah, he was just overcome with happiness. Um, you never know what those little people I know. are holding in their hearts, you know? Yep. I know. But, yeah. That's awesome. So let's pivot and talk about your store, your store, your collection, how all that came about. Because you have such great stuff. Thanks. Um, so it's kind of a funny story. Um, going back to you are where you're always meant to be. So when I was on Southern Charm for, I guess it was four or five years, um, everyone after every episode would um, message you or tweet at you um, or whatever and ask wh- who made your dress that episode blah 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 and at a certain point I kind of felt bad saying oh it's from Nima Marcus it was $400 um, and so when I left the show I had just had Asher and obviously that comes with a great expense so and I quit working with my mom for other reasons and um, so obviously I needed to pay the light bill, honey. <laughs> so I thought, what am I going to do with all of these zero talents? And <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> so I, I literally, I just thought of, well, hell, people were always asking, you know, who made our dress, da, 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 because they wanted to look unique and, you know, not wear the same thing that everybody else has from Target or wherever. So I thought, well, why don't I start a clothing company and curate pieces that, you know, are affordable and won't put you in credit card debt, but that are unique and people can feel proud of, um, but not go into debt or feel bad about the expenditure. So that's how it started. And that was um, almost five years ago, four and a half years ago. 
And um, now we're about to open our store on East Bay Street downtown in the next couple of months. And it's been a wild ride. I've gotten to, I really thank the fans of that show, honestly, because they were my base customers. So I was very lucky in starting my company because I had sort of built-in customers to begin with that then became friends. And then now, obviously, you know, we've grown, you know, quite larger than that. But I, uh, I credit all the success to that show and the people that watched it for, you know, supporting my business and making me, making it what it is now. Because right now you guys are male, male direct. Yeah, so called? we've just been online, <laughs> an e-commerce site. Um, are you in yeah, your house? Four and are a half you years. In a- so we, in the bottom of our house, we have a, another apartment. So it's just all down there. And y'all ship everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yep. That's crazy. And so with the new store, will it be like some of the similar pieces? Or are you, are yeah, you creating so, your own line or? No. So it'll be this, it'll be the same pieces, still the same price point. Um, but we'll have obviously some more, um, expensive, you know, lines as well. But what I'm really excited about is we're going to include a lot of home. Cause oh, I, my awesome. true one true passion is interior design, but as it were, no one buys a whole lot of lamps. They buy more dresses. <laughs> So I'm excited to like have a bunch of pillows. Yes, out. I bought and a pillow from you. I love. <laughs> what did it? What does it say again? Um, oh, what in the actual fuck? What, yeah. <laughs> and it sat out at my house forever until a friend came over who's <laughs> a little bit more conservative with her child children than I am, and she's like, "You got to put that away." And I was like, "That shit is funny." <laughs> I mean, they can read it; they know what we're saying, you know. Yeah. Um, but I love like like cheeky stuff like that. I think yeah. it's so fun. All right, so we kind of started talking about Southern Charm. Will you take us? How does that work? Like, because we had Morgan on here yesterday, and she was on that show, Laguna Beach. So, how did did they approach you, or how did that whole thing work? All right, so let me dial back my memory bank here. <laughs> take a moment for the marble store. So <laughs> there I was, single, and. I think I had dated every single person in this town. <laughs> um, the only friend that was not married. And um, Cameron actually recommended me for the show, and the producers contacted me several times. And um, I wasn't interested and I'd, at first, and I'd never even seen the show, but I'd heard all the um, a lot of local people, you know, talk negatively about it. So I was like, no, I, don't, I can't be on that show. But then I was like, well, but... You also need some money because you're not working for your mom anymore. Yeah. So um, the last time they called me, I said, okay, fine. I'll come in um, for an interview. And actually, um, the day before that, I was at the hair place. And um, Patricia was getting her hair done beside me. And she said, oh, I introduced myself. Or maybe the hair people introduced us. I don't know. And she said, oh, I think you're supposed to come interview and I said, yes, they've called me a few times. And um, and she said, well, you should just come do it. It's going to be at my house tomorrow. Just come see what you think. And so I said, okay. So it was, she kind of prodded me along um, to come. And so I went to her house the next day. I was so nervous in some, like, Daisy Duke shorts <laughs> with, I mean, you know, oh, God, um, a <laughs> box of cupcakes and, I mean, probably hungover. Who knows? And um, it just went from there. So... We started filming a couple of weeks after that. Um, my first scene was with Chef and Cameron at a um, mini donkey farm. And it was um, it was fun, you know. I mean, I, like I said, I was single at the time. And it was, you know, built-in social events for me several times a week, which is great. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any time to sit around and remember how lonely I was. 
Um, and, you know, obviously there were, you know, negative experiences of it, but that's kind of what you sign up for when you go on a reality show. So yeah, I was, um, I wouldn't say prepared, but I'm not angry about it. Yeah. Was, so <laughs> and it they, comes with the territory. Do they like feed y'all? And I'm sure you've been asked this question so many times, but do they feed you stories or do they just put you in no, situations? So a lot of people do ask us that, um, you know, do they feed you the storyline or is it scripted or no, then the answer is no. So what they do is they create kind of false drama, I guess, if you will. So the producers will, you know, instigate a situation, but the reactions that it that it causes in the cast members is very much true, like genuine. Um, and, you know, it's for TV, so I think that some people sort of get overly you know, mad on purpose, you know, for the cameras because everybody wants their spot the next season. I mean, but y'all have, like, a cult following. I mean, they do now. I I mean, I haven't been on it in a while. Is it still airing? Yeah. Yeah. Would you go back on it? No. Yeah. I mean, once I had Asher, it's just your priorities just completely changed. So it filled a void in that for that time of my life. But I kind of, my story kind of evolved out of that. And I just can't imagine fighting with someone uh yeah, yeah, over yeah. something so that dumb you don't even care about when yeah when I have you know business to run and a child to raise it just kind of didn't really fit in my frame plus I don't think that they wanted me on it anymore anyways so. yeah so it was an easy it was an easy no yeah it was an easy no I think I got kind of lazy in my participation oh man so one another thing that you do is you take really good care of yourself you work out a lot yeah, so... Do you I, still run, like, 20 miles a day? <laughs> well, I do. I, I run seven days a week, and I go to a trainer um, a few days a week. For me, I mean, it's not so much about size as it is about how I feel in my head and my heart. So when I exercise, I just, like, look at the world, you know, more positively, and um, I'm a nicer person, a little more patient. Um, but I just feel good, so... yeah. Yeah, I, I do exercise a lot. So the size is sort of secondary to the feeling, the takeaway. I, I agree. I love the way I feel. It's less and about Lee metrics. And Lee didn't get it because, I mean, his idea of working out is he does some, like, Jane Fonda videotape, you know. Does he really? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it's not Jane Fonda, but it's like, you know. He does a video? Exactly, Sarah. In your living room. And it's room. on a DVD or whatever that's called. Okay, wait. Who I is swear it? to God, he doesn't go to a gym. Is it like, who's, who's DVD? Who's, like, the person in the DVD? P90X. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that he's doing it from a DVD. Yeah. That's old school. Right? I mean, do you even have one of those anymore? No. I don't. Mm-mm. No. I guess it, at least it's not VHS. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> John has John. So John we didn't is, really get my workout uh, program. Does he do a lot? Kind of what I was getting to. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really understand, but. It's more of a, it's a sanity thing for me. Yeah, I know. Me too. I know anywhere we ever go out of town, you're always up and like working out. I have to. And I'm looking at you through the window <laughs> going, she is so weird. I mean, I in just, like hundred degree weather. I know. You're out there in the garage trying to like get us all up to come work I out. I just got, I Ain't just. a chance. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, it's actually changed over the last year. I've gotten a little lazier. I've gotten tired, man. I swear I turned 40 and I was like, are you 40 yet? Yeah. Okay. I just turned 41. Okay. Ugh. I, I think I don't, I mean, it's, I'm like love being 40, but I also, I'm like, I'm tired. Yeah. I know. And you I mean, know? we need to get a hormone doctor. Somebody yeah. told me that. Go where? A hormone doctor. Oh yeah. I've talked to one. I've done all that, but mine are fine. 
I think I just need to go to sleep. But like who can <laughs> sleep? Who sleeps? Yeah. You know? I sleep with a lot of trazodone. Yeah. But <laughs> so I always I don't say, know like, if that's real. Someone sleep has to take a tranquilizer gun to my neck to yeah. put me out. It's uh, kind of intense. It is. I'm pretty hyped up. So any okay, so just going back to this because I think your business model is really smart. You've done really well. And a lot of the people that listen are like younger women entrepreneurs. Like what would be your, and I always ask women this, like what would be your biggest piece of advice? My biggest piece of advice would be to choose something that you enjoy doing. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be good off the rip. I knew nothing about clothing or having a store. I'd never worked in a store. Um, But basically out of necessity and curiosity, I mean, You can create pretty much whatever you want, but you have to be willing to work. Um, And I think that females... I think that's so important that you just said that. You have to be willing to work. Yeah, you have to be willing to work. But to me, like, I I look forward to going into my office every day. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it. I mean, I I work on the weekends. I mean, my phone tells me that I work 16 hours a day, you know, and it gives you that message. You spent so much, so much screen time this past week. I'm like, yeah, I know that, Siri. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah. Let's try to be a little better next week. But I think as females, we have such a cool paradigm in that we now live in this day and age of most women support other women. And so where you may lack in talent or skill, another woman is more than willing to share her knowledge. And so true. the whole collaborative, you know. Charleston's um, really good at that too. Yeah, and we are. And and I love the I love the supporting women thing. Um, and no one's a competitor. I mean, you're all just collaborators and you can learn something from anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to ask, you know. And my mom always says, I mean, what's the what's the fear in trying? If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But right. I mean, you lose everything when you never give it a shot. I know, it's so true. So, I mean, I don't take that approach when going snow skiing um, <laughs> because yeah, I, I'm like more of a safety person in that regard. But um, when it comes to businesses um, and even parenting, like, you know, off the cuff is not a bad thing all the time, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, and just trust yourself and be willing to learn and work your ass off. Totally. And don't expect anything to be given to you or just appear. I mean, or look at anybody else, like what they have just appeared in their lap. I mean, it's so, most people, you know, work very hard. They do work very hard. Even if they try to act like they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I work with a lot of young women and it's, the, I feel like we teach that culture here. It's like a no gossip culture. Like if you got an issue, you sit in that chair and you talk to me about it and then we deal with it, yeah, I you love know, that. and, um, you know, I always have made this joke since owning studios. Like, it's like basically like I run a sweaty brothel. Like, you know, there's <laughs> these beautiful women half dressed and like things come up, like not only between them, but between them and clients. And there's sometimes some creepy men and like, we yeah. just have to like address things head on. And I think if it, like I used to be so nervous of, I guess, confrontation, but you yeah. take like the confront out of it and it's just a conversation. Right. And so that's literally how we have Wait, to approach it. Wait, that just it. gave me chill bumps. I really like that because I avoid confrontation at all costs. Lee wants to sit down like Oprah Winfrey and talk this <laughs> out, Dr. Phil. I mean, I love that. And I'm like, oh my God, look at the time. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow and then never. But then it, it sits in your body. No, well, not mine, his. Oh, yeah. You're like, I'm good. No, I'm fine. You're John. You're literally John. I'm, I'm like, can, can no, we I'm talk fine. about this? He's like, you're still thinking about that? I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. 
Yeah, no. And, and just, then something yeah. else is going to happen, and then something right else is going to happen, and then I'm going to freak out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right, so if, because I think people from out of state will be listening to this because you do have such a fan base, can I ask you five of your favorites in Charleston? If you had to go out for dinner, where would you go? I love 167 Raw. Okay, where's your favorite place to buy clothes other than James Asher? Um, I love Hamden. Same. We love our Stacy. We yeah. had her on here. Um, favorite place to grab a cup of coffee? Um, well, I usually make my own, but I do like the daily. Yeah, I like the daily too. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite place to work out? You don't have to say the works because we know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so I run outside um, with this beautiful background here in Charleston, but I train at Longevity Fitness downtown with oh. Bobby. They're oh. great. Awesome. It's like a spa gym. Kind of like this. Fancy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You like nice things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't too. like, yeah. Um, and then what's your favorite like Charleston thing to do? Um, go on a boat. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I love a boat, especially when it's not John driving, so I don't have to be stressed. Yeah. And it sort of, sort of feels like, you know, going to church for me. Yeah. Out in the open. Yeah. In the water. Uh-huh. All right. Tell our listeners where they can find you on Instagram and on your website and all that good stuff. So on Instagram, my business is at James Asher and that's A-S-C-H-E-R. So Asher with a C. And my personal is at Jennifer Snowden. And, and then my store will be at 515 East Bay, but we're online all the time. At James at Asher. Yes. Y'all check it out. They have such cute stuff, like totally ver- different variety of like for different people, you know, like I'll see something on Jen and then I'll look and I'll be like, but I like that d- different. So, yeah. um, thank you so much for coming today and Thanks sharing your stories. Uh, give this a listen, y'all share it with your friends, rate us, review us, and we'll chat soon.